What's happening, everyone? Welcome back. A brand new episode of Total Football Club. My name is Alex Perez. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at AlexPerezFC. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube. We are everywhere. You can follow us as well. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Total Foot Club. We keep that uniform so it's not difficult for anyone. We have a great show for you all. The, the main point of this show is going to be the rise and fall of James Rodriguez. We're going to analyze the reasons as to why he is no longer playing at an elite level in European football. How, how he got to the top and how he got to where he is right now. But before we begin, I have to bring in my guy with the Chelsea jersey, Chris Sued. Chris, I, I do have to mention this before we begin, Chris. We're recording this on Monday. This is going to go up on Tuesday. And if you guys don't know, Tuesday, the 12th of October is, and my voice just cracked, is Chris's birthday. So, my friend, happy birthday to you. I wish I had like an entire choir singing happy birthday to you, but we can't afford that just yet, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you so, so much. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's my birthday. I've been celebrating since like Friday. So it, every day has been feeling like my birthday these days, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how fast life goes, man. <laughs> but, uh, I'm blessed that I've seen another, uh, uh, Chelsea champions league win this year. Mm-hmm. I had my daughter, uh, in the past year. Uh, it's been, it's been a crazy year. So yeah. Um, I'm excited, excited for what's to come. That's awesome, bro. That's that's incredible. We're happy to have you here. We're happy to see you healthy. Uh, you are, can we say your age? Or is that something oh private? Oh my God, you're going to kill me. I'm an old <laughs> geezer. I'm 30. No. I'm 30 now. You're not, we talked about this. You're not old. You're not old, but I just feel like it's a significant number. So we have to celebrate it. We have I'm to celebrate it. I'm as old as Neymar. I'm as old as Neymar. Can you believe that? Neymar has... Listen, Neymar looks like he's 12. He's looked like he's 12 since he was 12. So, I I, I don't know. He's not normal. But, dude, that's awesome. 30, I feel like that's a huge milestone. And it, it sounds like it was a pretty a pretty big year for you, you know, both, like, with sports, with your family. So... Yeah, man, I'm 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 happy that that we get to share this. I'm happy that, that that we get to do something something that we both enjoy a lot. And I know you you enjoy joining me every week. And uh, hopefully, this is the first of many 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 birthdays that we get to celebrate with you here on Total Football Club. All right. Well, since you're the star of the show today, let me just ask you: <laughs> international break. I know there's probably not much that interests you right now but what have you been watching what have you been reading what has caught your attention this past week 
Uh, what caught my attention was a quote by Sir Kaylor Navas. I don't know if you, you heard or read about this. No, but I am interested because he always he always has something something to say. Some stories, uh, yeah, but go on. What, what he was getting at was that he feels the Balloon d'Or competition is really skewed towards forwards and attacking players and the criteria that it entails to, to winning it is usually a really forward player. And he being a goalie was saying that he feels that he should have, they should have a different uh, award for, uh, for goalies, for goalkeepers specifically. Um, and I thought it was very interesting because they definitely, of course they have their, their, their golden gloves in the, in the premier league. They have every, every league has their own like domestic awards and UEFA has one for the Champions League, and they they kind of have one at the Balloon d'Or mm-hmm. Awards where they they have like a best goalkeeper, but it's definitely not as prestigious. So it, it got me to thinking because it was very it's a very interesting point, and I'm sure Kaylor Navas, who was the goalkeeper for Real Madrid, a Real Madrid side that won three straight Champions League titles, probably feels like he's disrespected in the game, in which he feels like. He's accomplished a lot and doesn't really get the kudos that he feels like he deserves because feels like everywhere he goes, they try to replace him. And if, if maybe he had uh, a bit more clout, they would think otherwise. Like if, for example, he was this Balloon d'Or winning goalkeeper, which sounds insane, but if he was a Balloon d'Or type level goalkeeper, they wouldn't try to replace him with a, 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 Gianluigi Buffon, or I wouldn't try to replace him with a Thibaut Courtois or Kepa in the window before that. So, yeah, it, it, it got me to thinking, and I thought it was very interesting. Um, what? How do you feel about it? What do you think about that point? I want to make two points on that. I'm, uh, first, I'm going to touch on the award itself. It's not really prestigious at all because do you know what the award is called? There's no name I have for no idea. Exactly. I don't I have no idea either. I know that there's an award, but it's more like, all right, here you go. Shut up. Stop complaining. It's it it's very, very minuscule. The Ballon d'Or takes all of all of the limelight. The goalkeepers get no love. I've heard <laughs> from and shout out to the guys from Ranks FC. Love their show. One of the guys, Dean Jones, jokingly says goalkeepers are not footballers <laughs> it, 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 terrible uh, thing. that's terrible i know he says it jokingly <laughs> he says it jokingly but i feel like a lot of people do feel like that i feel like there yeah. are a lot of people that are like okay if you don't score the goals you don't matter all right come on come on why I, I think there should be a little more prestige for this this award that goalkeepers receive at the end of every year because the position that they play is it's it's so lonely it's like a kicker in american football you're either the hero or the villain very rarely do you find a goalkeeper that is neutral it doesn't really happen it's usually oh my god yano black is the savior of atletico madrid he blunders a save He's the worst goalkeeper in Atletico Madrid history. And I just use him as an example because I know everyone thinks he's one of the greatest goalkeepers in the world right now, which he is, absolutely. 
but I just used him as an example, right? It's a lonely position, so I do think that there should be more prestige. And and is it now? It's really bothering me. I want to know the name of this award. I think it's the 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 live live Yeshins award, something like that. Uh, it gold. should. If you know who that is, it's the it's the black spider. So exactly the only goalkeeper to to win the balloon d'or so if, yeah if there is a goalkeeper award it should be named after him but yeah he's they the, really the they only really one to ever more, win it yeah uh, yeah I, I was actually talking about him today uh he, he he was wearing the peaky blinders hat and all that man he's a he's an interesting character yeah yeah the the black spider he won the ballon d'or in 1963 that's crazy um yeah. I, I i remember when I, when everyone thought like eight nine years ago that Manuel Neuer should have won the Ballon d'Or I think it was 2014 when when he won the World Cup with with Germany uh but now the second point that I want to make Keylor Navas I know it may sound very simplistic but I feel like the reason why he doesn't get the recognition and the respect that he deserves is because he's not Spanish he's not Italian he's not French He's not German. He's from Costa Rica. Costa Rica. A minuscule country in Central America. That, ultimately, that's what it comes down to. I don't really say this because I believe it. I say it because I've heard people make that argument. Florentino Perez has made that argument. Not necessarily verbally, but with the way that he does business. Listen. If if I can't get you or if I can get millions and millions and millions and millions of people from your country to buy your jersey, I don't want you. And there's only five million people in Costa Rica. So it's a tiny country. Right. And he's like, all right, who cares about Costa Rica? Let, let's bring in Courtois. Right. A world class goalkeeper that is going to feature in like a World Cup semifinal and stuff like that. So ultimately, I feel like it comes down to that. And that is shitty. That is horrible to me, Keylor Navas. After Iker Casillas, probably one of the best goalkeepers Real Madrid has ever had. Just yeah. saying. Just saying. I, I, I don't know what year it was, but the year that he had that ponytail, he was like a freaking... Mm. He, he, was, he was ridiculous. He was like, yeah, Vlashen reincarnated. It was, it was, he was flying everywhere. I think it was Courtois' like first year there. He, dude, Keylor Navas, I mean, I remember the year that... They, that he had that crazy breakout World Cup that made Real Madrid buy him. He's he's such a quality goalkeeper, and he's won matches for every club he's been at. And I don't mean like, I mean it's like five four, and he just made like a, a, a save at the end. Like he's genuinely won matches for yeah. Real Madrid and Paris Saint Germain, and big time in big stages and in, in, in big pressure situations. It's it's really unfortunate, but it makes a lot of sense. Um, being a Chelsea fan, I get asked about goalkeepers a lot because of Petr Cech and Courtois and now Mendy. They ask me what I feel about Mendy. And Mendy is somebody who is in the same breath as uh, Keylor Navas because he's from Senegal. So he, nobody cares. It's like no one's going to ru rush and buy his jersey. He just had a crazy debut season at, at my club. And outside of Chelsea fans, nobody seems to rate him really as highly as others. So. It, it it really is a strong argument that you said, like where they're from, the jersey sales, the marketability, 
the history. Like, Gianluigi Buffon was an Italian legend before he ever even did anything for the Italian national team because he was a 16-year-old goalkeeper from Italy named Gigi. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, 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 I, did I say Buffon? I mean Donnarumma. Donnarumma, yeah, yeah. Donnarumma, yeah. Donnarumma. Donnarumma was an Italian legend before he ever did anything of significance for Italy. Yeah. Now, yeah, they won a Euro, so he, he's earned it. But I think you kind of felt that coming since his AC Milan debut, where it's like, oh, yeah, this, it's this big, tall Italian kid playing goalkeeper and it's probably going to be the goalkeeper for the next 20 years yeah he's probably really good and then you 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 think about these other goalkeepers from like 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 i remember when claudio bravo was really good and nobody cared because <laughs> he played for yeah. chile and and it's just it happens all the time but yeah i feel for him i feel for him he's probably going to get replaced at, uh speaking of Keylor navas i feel for him and i think he's probably going to get replaced there sooner rather than later too yeah, by by Donnarumma. That's yeah. That's kind of where it's trending. But yeah, that that's that's great, man. You 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 really started two conversations with one topic, and I think that we should ask ourselves that a little more about about the marketability and stuff like that. Like maybe your favorite player was sent to another team because he doesn't sell enough jerseys. It sounds stupid, but sometimes it comes down to that. At the end of the day. This sport that we love so dearly is a business. All right. Um, now, what, what, what I watched was something absolutely incredible, very special this past Thursday. Not so much on Sunday, but special on Thursday. And it is the wonder boy from the U.S. men's national team, Ricardo Pepe. This kid's 18. He was born January 2003. It's insane. These kids are getting younger and younger, right? He he has scored three goals in now three games with with the U.S. national team. He scored twice against Jamaica, and he is a traditional goal scorer. He's super lethal. He doesn't really need many chances. The box is his. That is his territory. He will score from anywhere in the box. He will score. He scored a beautiful header in, in uh, against Jamaica. That that's the one that really caught my attention um and i feel like whenever you have a number nine that you can rely on that will score goals for you that will do a little bit of the dirty dirty work whenever it is required as a coach you can breathe a little easier because you know that goals aren't necessarily going to be a problem and i feel like greg bellhalter can breathe a little easier i don't like him as the u.s men's national team manager i don't rate him like other people do, or like very few people do nowadays. But I do think that his job got a little bit easier. And I don't want to sound arrogant, but I do think that the U.S. men's men's national team, I know I just said the whole thing like three times already. I think that U.S. is going to qualify to the World Cup relatively easily. And I know I might not look like a very reasonable analyst because they just lost to Panama, but I think that Having having Ricardo Pepe in your team, it makes it easier. And I do feel like U.S. is going to advance to the World Cup. But going back to Pepe himself, his story is incredibly fascinating because he was born in El Paso, Texas, and he would cross the border back and forth to visit family on the other on the south side of uh, of the border. He would watch Club America games with his with his mom because his mom is a huge fan of Club America. 
and he he played since he was a boy he was four years old when he started playing when he was 10 he he told his dad listen dad i want to be a professional player and his parents said you know what if that's what you want to do we're going to support you 100 percent and he played for the mexican youth teams he played for the u.s youth teams he ended up choosing the u.s and I feel like this is a very, very cool story. I can kind of relate to it because we have similar backgrounds. Obviously, like we're not we're not doing the same thing with our lives. We we chose a, a different career path, but we're both Mexican American, and and I feel like I don't want to talk too much about this because I know that this show isn't so much about about that kind of stuff. But as a Mexican American, I'll say this. When you're here in the United States, you're not American enough. When you're in Mexico, you're not Mexican enough. So I feel like Ricardo Pepe had to make a very, very difficult decision early on in his life, early in his teenage years. He had to make a very diff- difficult decision and he's sticking to it and it's working just fine. What a boy, man, <laughs> man, boy, whatever, what a man. He's repping the Mexican Americans. He's he, he's he's really really doing us a a a good service with the way that he is playing, the way that he is doing this, and he just looks like he cares about his family more than anything else. He loves the game. He loves his family, and that's really nice to see. Man, that's that's a really cool story. I I I think I heard about it, but I haven't really been putting too much focus on the U.S. national team as of late because Pulisic has been out. Um, My Chelsea bias showing there. But, (laughs) yeah, he he sounds like a really cool cool guy to get behind. Um, Like you said, it must have been really hard to choose the U.S. over Mexico knowing the rivalry that exists, too. Like, not just, I guess, not just that existential question, like, what do I consider myself? What? Mm-hmm. How do I represent myself? And and where do I feel com- like all of that? But then knowing like, oh shit, I'm gonna go against Mexico or the U.S. Depending on what side I choose, uh, and quite frequently in really high stakes, high platform games that it's gonna result in some nasty, some nasty back and forth. And that's that's a crazy position to be in as a young. Uh, a young athlete. So kudos to the young man. I hope it goes well for him. Um, I root for the U.S. I, I don't. I don't root for them as hard as I root for Chelsea. But I, I <laughs> hope that the game progresses here because I know. I'm sure you see it in Chicago. I see it here in New York. That every year it's like it gets bigger and bigger. Oh yeah. Now there's there's like multiple clubs forming in, here in Queens that are trying to be professional. It's like really cool because no yeah it's like really cool to see over here so um i want you said he's from el paso or he's from the so man that that must be really cool down there like being a a a mexican american in texas must really be a lot of fun to watch this kid play yeah because he was born here in the united Mm -hmm. states so he can cross the border easily right and he had family on the other side literally on the other side he would have mm-hmm. he has family there probably till this day he has family there so it's like it's back and forth but going back to what you said uh before we finish this up 
it is it is very difficult for him because I even read the comments on on the vi- on on his videos, his mm-hmm. highlight videos, and some of the comments are really nasty, man. It's it's like, oh, he's a traitor. I can't believe he did this. He's giving up to the to the American power, and 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 he's giving in and this and it's like, man, like. Let's be honest. In Mexico, they were probably going to ruin his talent because they're they're just so they're married to those like 35, 36 year old players that did something good 15 years ago. But right now they can't play 90 minutes without tearing a hamstring Um, that like ultimately that's what it came down to. And he's like, you know what? I want to play. I want to see this out. And I feel like players like that, like Ricardo Pepe are great ambassadors for the game in this country. Those are the players that are going to help this sport, our sport, grow even bigger. It's big already in the United States. But players like that are going to help it go a step further. All right. When we return, we're going to take a short break. When we, oh, Did you have something else to add, Chris? No, no. Uh, you 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 finished it off beautifully there. <laughs> oh okay okay good. I I, I kind of saw your mouth move. I'm like oh he probably has something to say. But um, all right, short break. When we return, we're gonna talk about James Rodriguez, the rise and fall of the Colombian superstar. It's a juicy topic. We are so excited to talk about this. But that'll be after the break. Stick around. All right, and we are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Total Football Club. My name is Alex Perez. On the other side is Chris Sued. Oh, my goodness. I am so excited for this topic because I've been wanting to talk about this, Chris, for years. I've been wanting to talk about this for years, honestly. And the fact that he, that James Rodriguez went to Qatar to play his football, went to the Middle East to play his football, kind of proved the point that I was trying to make. But listen, I I, I really just want to get a feel for for what you think about his move to Qatar. Uh, what do you think of of, uh, of this for, for James Rodriguez's career? Uh, I can't... I, I... I'm really trying to find the words without being vulgar, but he's such a disappointment as a football fan. He's such a disappointment. Um, I think his talent is clear for everybody to see. We we all saw it. Uh, It feels like forever ago now, but we saw it in the 2014 World Cup where he was the player of the the tournament. He had guys like LeBron James trying to get his jersey and Will Smith. (laughs) Like it was like a, a madness, and Real Madrid uh, sealed that transfer before the month was over after that World Cup. Like it was like everybody needed a piece of Hamas. Yeah, and the guy, the guy, chewed it all up, man. Like he, he really bit into all of it, and and, and loves him. I it feels like he, from the outside looking in, it feels like he loves himself and thinks it's 2014. Because he just he everywhere he goes he's he feels like he has to be the man he has to or he has to he has a right to playing time he can miss important matches he can come out with these ghost injuries when the team needs him most. Uh, oh, those are the freaking he's, he's super, worst, dude. Yeah, he's inconsistent. He's he's 
causes problems in, in, in the in the in the media. I mean, he was in England last year without speaking the language and, and was missing for the whole last month of the season with a mystery injury that couldn't let him play. I, it, it was very odd. And, and the thing that bothers me is that he went to England and was a success. He, he was probably Everton's most talented ever player. Like, Everton is not uh, – I know they're not a big six team, but this is a very historical team, man. Like, they have won Premier League titles before. I know it was a, a, decades ago. I know it was a long time ago since sporting-wise. But Everton are a really uh, historical team. For James Rodriguez to be named their, their most talented ever acquisition, and for him to leave before the fans can ever see him play is exactly the type of player that he is. He doesn't care about the fans, doesn't care about the team. All he cares about is himself. And I'll say this, the, my last parting shot to this guy, on, on, in, the, in the Premier League, in the, in, on transfer deadline day, Everton were linked heavily with this young upcoming Colombian winger Luis Diaz. I don't know. Do you know Luis Diaz? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the tournament, yeah. Played the tournament of his life this 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 week uh yes. this summer for, for Colombia and was scored a banger was scor- against Brazil too, I think. Yeah, was, was scoring yeah. for fun. Was scoring for fun this kid. He's bags of quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, Porto was one of the few teams that that still wanted James. Uh he was going to slash his salary to go back there because he used to play for them. So it's a good little platform for him to maintain whatever fans he has left. And once he heard that Luis Diaz was coming back to Everton and saw the fanfare that was going that was going down at Everton, he no longer was interested in the move. To only go to, to Saudi Arabia two weeks later because he's not training, not playing, not giving a shit. I mean, he's just such a self fish guy man it's really really it's it's a shame and it's really sad to see um of course we're not in those rooms we're not in we're, i'm not gonna say that i know exactly the type of person he is okay uh if i see him i'm still gonna shake his hand but i would have some very big questions like the ones we're talking about right now and like i would definitely ask you know porto's playing champions league football you went there the stadio dragao is a really great stadium they made the elite eight in, in the champions league last year and play a really good football with a with a really popular coach why would you go to saudi arabia <laughs> yeah i mean that's a question that i wish i could answer it, 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 it would definitely make this pot a little a lot more interesting because we would have something else to to base this conversation on but that's that that answer comes down to one person, and wouldn't it be beautiful to have him here and just <laughs> just question him, question his existence? Um, I'm so glad that you mentioned Porto because before we we get into the nitty gritty of this of this segment, I just want to talk about James Rodriguez, the player before the superstardom. When you first saw James Rodriguez, or or in his early years, what stood out to you the most? From James Rodriguez, the the player, not so much the character, the player on the pitch. Yeah, what stood out to me was I'm trying to 
trying my best to articulate this. He played with a bravery on the ball that reminded me of kids in the park. Like, mm-hmm. it was almost like he had this spark to him. Like, give me the ball and I'm going to make people dance. I'm going to do something that's going to make people happy. I'm going to play football the way it should be played. And, man, it really the, – the the I would say the last time I saw somebody with that kind of – I guess fun to their game was like Messi and Ronaldinho. So I really felt like we were watching a a guy who was going to blossom because it it, it seems like kind of unfathomable. Like this guy who's known for his creative genius and, and, and being this spark plug of energy and fun and happiness it's almost crazy that now we're sitting here talking about how selfish he is and how what motivates him because it seems like it's very obvious that what motivates him is his, is his own fame, his own money, his own it's all very it seems like it's all very selfish. Um no matter where he's gone, <laughs> Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, uh Monaco, now uh, Everton and now Al Rayyan seems like it's always about him. Um, I showed you the picture of what he looked like watching Ariane's mm-hmm. first game. <laughs> and he was like, what am I doing here? It's always about him. Like, that's that's every move he makes that's sporting, like what, what club he goes to, where he's – it's always about him. It's never about where the club can flourish or how he can help somebody and in, in, in light. Then – put himself in a better position. It's always about him. And I think it's caught up to him. Um, I think there's still talent there, but nobody wants to deal with it. Um, Everton didn't want him, even though he's their most talented player. Colombia said, you know what? Stay home. We'd rather do the, this, this major tournament without you. And I don't see a way back for him. I don't see, even if he lights up the Arabian League, which... I'd be more, I kind of would be more, this is going to sound great. I, I'd kind of be more surprised if he did than what I think is going to happen, which he's probably going to go there, do really well, do really poor, be inconsistent, have some golazos, not win anything. Because that's, that's, the, that's the story of his career after that World Cup. That's that's harsh, but true. <laughs> that, that that's harsh, but true. And and we will talk about how maybe he can potentially get back to to the elite elite level of football. But I'm I'm gonna piggyback off of what you said in the beginning and how much fun he had, or how how he would just radiate joy when he was playing football because he. As a player, of course, I mean, I'm mentioning the obvious right now. Or I'm about to mention the obvious. He has a privileged left foot. That left foot, Messi, James, Roberto Carlos, those types of players. You put him in in, in that, talent-wise, of course. Uh, But maybe this is something that you didn't know. Maybe you did. But his mother... James Rodriguez's mother said 
that Hamas didn't want to be a footballer. Hamas didn't like football. But he was just so good at it, and his father was a footballer, that at, at some point he's like, ah, fuck it. I mean, I don't know anything else. It kind of explains everything now, right? You yeah. had a look in your face that you're like, ah, okay, well, now I understand everything. But going back to the to the traits, he is he is literally the number 10. He's the number 10. Don't expect him to press. Don't expect him to drop back. Just give him the ball. He'll work his magic. He'll get you out of a tough situation when he feels like it, right? That That is who James Rodriguez is. He's creative, irreverent. He's cocky, very. He's the brain of the team. But he, he I mean, my goodness. Whenever I think of James Rodriguez, I think of the, the trademark long shots that goal against Uruguay. Goals with Porto. Goals with Real Madrid. That that scissor kick that he scored in the 15-16 season, I don't remember who it was against, but I know it was with Real Madrid. It was like the second or third game of the season. Rafa Benitez's very, very short stint at Real Madrid. He scored a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful scissors kick, scissor kick from the edge of the box. And th- that is what happened. But then I don't remember anything else that James Rodriguez did that season. I don't remember anything that he did that season because he probably didn't do much. He was hurt. And it it definitely does feel like he peaked in July of 2014. That's that's where James Rodriguez peaked. But now let's maybe let's let's fast forward a little bit. Why, Chris, why do you think that he declined so much? And so fast. You kind of touched on it a little bit, but now you could just let it loose. Uh, I, I, it, it really seems like, man, I really, I don't know if he has bad management, like a Harry Kane type situation, but it just seems like his, his, his mind is elsewhere when he's playing. Um, and his motivation, it, it doesn't seem pure. It doesn't seem yeah. like, He's playing for the love of the game. It doesn't seem like he's playing because he loves it. Um, like he wants to get back to 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 what he was. It kind of just seems like he wants to go where Hamas can be a star. And I don't know, man. It's it's he has to he has to think he has to take a step back and and really think about what 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 kind of player he was what his motivations were before all of this happened and get back to the basics and take it from there. Maybe Al-Rayyan is that move where he's, he's taken a few of a couple of notches down in quality in the league to, to get back to the basics and get back to having some fun. But man, it's, it's tough. You can say it could be the big money move to Real Madrid. It could be the pressure of consistently having to win titles there and not just living off your past success, having to deliver week in and week out. Because that's the thing with Hamas is his most consistent spell was that World Cup. He's, he hasn't replicated that in, in, into a season as of yet for any club, for Real Madrid, for Bayern Munich, for, for Everton. His form is is usually a flash in the pan, and it's very 
unfortunate because I feel like before that World Cup, we saw much more sustained uh, uh, production from him where it looked like he was that player full-time. And maybe there's a game where he falls off and he's not the same guy, but for the most part, he's James Rodriguez. Since then, it's kind of the, like the complete opposite where that player shines his head every, every comes through every once in a while, but for the most part, he's really quiet on the pitch. He's anonymous. He's not really calling for the ball. He's not brave on the ball. He's very much willing to be a part of the team. But that's, that's not what you need from your number 10. And you nailed it. That is what he is. He's a sure shit number 10. But that guy is not just any other guy on the team. That's why they reserve that number for the most talented, special yeah. player on the team. Because you need to bring it. That doesn't mean being a, a bringing, uh, uh, being 100 out of 10 every week, but it doesn't mean being as, as inconsistent as he is. And you can see it all over football. When these types of guys, like a Mizzou Ozil... Boom, you read my mind. Thank you. ...is, is not motivated and is, is playing for the wrong reasons, they're, they're really tough to watch. Yeah. Yeah, because you're, and no pun intended, but it literally feels like you're playing with 10 players. With uh, it, it feels like you're playing with 10. When when a James Rodriguez disappears, when a Mesut Ozil disappears, that's what it feels like. You, you are carrying a burden that you're not supposed to be carrying. And I do feel like his 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 decline really started after that that first season with Real Madrid. Because after that second season... Things didn't go his way anymore. He didn't have Ancelotti backing him. He had Rafa Benitez, and then he had Zinedine Zidane. And I've I've heard this theory that oh Zinedine Zidane was was jealous of James Rodriguez. He didn't want him to replicate his success. Come on, if you think that Zinedine Zidane was saying okay, I'm gonna put this guy on the bench, even though I know that he can help my team. I'm going to put him on the bench because I don't want him to replicate my success. I don't want him to be better than me. I don't want him to have a a bigger and better legacy than mine. You don't know who Zinedine Zidane is then, if that's what you think. But anyway, he never got along with Zinedine Zidane. James Rodriguez, always injured, lacked discipline. He was very lazy. There's countless stories of James Rodriguez getting speeding tickets in Madrid going like 20, 30, 40 miles over the speed limit, kilometers over there in, in, in Spain. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of indiscipline, a, a lot of, a lot of things that you, you don't want to deal with when you're a professional football team. You don't want to deal with those things. These are things that you deal with with your 18-year-old son or daughter. You, you, you deal with, with, those are the things that you deal with with a teenager. He shows up late to whatever not with a 25 26 year old professional footballer that is your number 10 right and as time went on as his career progressed it just felt like James Rodriguez needed everything literally everything to be perfect in his in his mind in order to succeed yeah and it's not a coincidence that he only has succeeded with Carlo Ancelotti. And I am using the term succeeded very, very loosely right now because 
you can't really qualify that as success, what he has done in Europe. That is not successful. When 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 you rate someone as high as James Rodriguez, that is not successful at all. And you can say, well, he won two Champions Leagues. Okay. Let's look at ourselves in the mirror here. Let's be honest. Was he an important part in those two Champions League titles that Real Madrid won? Anonymous. He wasn't even an important part in the team picture with the Champions League trophies. He was anonymous. That's perfect. He won a couple Bundesligas when he was out on loan with Bayern Munich. What happened when... <laughs> what what happened? What happened when Nico Kovac arrived to Bayern Munich? Deuces. Shout out Tyreek Hill. He left because he didn't want to be there. And then he stayed in Real Madrid because Real Madrid couldn't sell him in what what season was it? 2019-2020 when he came back mm-hmm. from that loan at Bayern. And Bayern didn't want him back. James didn't want to play for Bayern anymore. So he was kind of stuck. He was in a in a limbo. Like, what what do I do? What happens? And he just didn't have much success. He didn't have much success. Because what we expected from James Rodriguez was beautiful volleys. Beautiful assists. A lot of joy and a lot of happiness. And ridiculous plays, outrageous passes. That's what we expected from James Rodriguez. And what we got was none of that. And again, he only really succeeded. I can't emphasize this enough. I'm using the term succeeded very loosely. He only succeeded with Carlo Ancelotti. What does that say? If things don't go his way, he's not He's not engaged. He doesn't care. Yeah. Very fair. Um, you said earlier, like we would discuss how what's a, a g- good path back for him. The only thing that I can think of, um, because I, I, you made a great point. It, it feels like he just doesn't care. <laughs> like if it doesn't serve Hamish Rodriguez, he doesn't care. And even if it does, even if it is his benefit, most likely he doesn't care. <laughs> so. For me, the only th- I, I have two destinations in mind, but I'll open up to three mm-hmm. River Plate or Boca Juniors, and then distant third, maybe Flamengo. Oh, wow! All, yeah, all South America, teams, yeah, he needs to go where they live and breathe football. They don't mm-hmm. care what car you drive, they don't care what girlfriend you have, they don't care what, what, <laughs> what shampoo you're modeling. Live and breathe football. If you can be the man at Boca Juniors, if you can be the man at River Plate or from any of these South American teams, even uh, one uh, uh, Nacional from, from Colombia. But I feel like those other two, River Plate and, and Boca, are probably the best two South American teams um, at the moment or the most prestigious. But yeah. you, put, you put him in one of those clubs and let him get back to form going to be beloved he's going to be beloved and i think that's what he needs also <laughs> and and this is something uh, kind of like a running theme if it doesn't work out 
he needs to fight and he needs to fight for his place. The moment something happens where he's not the star of the show, he's out. I'm going where Carlo Ancelotti is. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm not doing this. Nah. He needs to be a footballer. He needs to sit, fight for his place, be a part of the team, and be a part of one of these big clubs where these fans won't let you get away with this shit. Because something that stuck out to me Carlos Tevez, when he went back to Boca Juniors after when he left when he left Juventus to go to Boca, it was very controversial at the time. Mm. Because if you remember, Carlos Tevez still had a bunch of years, uh, not, not a bunch, but he still had a few years left at the top. He was yeah. scoring really frequently for Juve, and it looked like a yeah. great, great signing for them. And he yeah, Champions abruptly, League finalist that season, too. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he abruptly left to Boca Juniors. And when they asked him, after a few months, you know, why would you do that? Like, you were at Juve and you were winning Serie A titles and you were playing for the old lady in a really prestigious European club and challenging for Champions League. Why would you come to Boca Juniors? So when I went to Boca, I saw an old lady in front of her house with tears in her eyes. And she said, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. You gave me happiness one last time before that time comes. And that's, that's what Hamas needs. He needs a gut check to, 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 to the soul where someone, these fans look him in the eyes and they tell him, we need you here. We need you battling. We need you fighting. We need you a part of the team. And hopefully hope to God that gets through to the guy because if those fans can't, you shouldn't be playing football. Go, go to Saudi Arabia, go to China, go and collect the paycheck, but don't call yourself a professional footballer. Wow, that is... That is a reality check for sure. I got goosebumps just uh, thinking about that. That that anecdote about, about Tevez shows you that, that football is much more than than just a sport. It's it, it's it's one big family. It unites all of us. Um Yeah. James playing a Copa Libertadores. Sign me the fuck up. Yes. Of course. Yeah. James celebrating with La Doce. At the Bombonera for Boca Juniors? Yes. James um, scoring the winner at the Monumental. Going crazy with with all the River Plate fans. Yeah. Sign me up. And he played in Argentina already. He played there. He played at Banfield. And then after he went to, to Porto. So it's very possible. But I think, I think that that's the only way. Because in Europe... They're gonna look at him and they're gonna be like, "Dude, no, you're past. You're you're past it. You're yeah. you're past it." In soccer years, he's old. He's gonna be 31. He's he's old in 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 the sports world. Like, they're they're not gonna want him. As and I don't think that it's necessarily the age that's the problem. It's the behavior. They're gonna be like, "Dude, we're not gonna put up with your shit." You might have fooled Real Madrid and Bayern and Everton, but you're not going to fool us, whoever that other team may be. I think his his journey in Europe is over. I do think so. I think it's over for that reason. And because maybe he just doesn't want to go and play again. Whenever I hear him speak, it's not like, oh, I want to be back. I want to... I want to get back what what's mine, even though that's probably not the right thing to say. But 
it, it just doesn't sound like he wants to be back. It looks almost as if he's relieved that he's not playing in Europe anymore. And you know what? If that's the case, that's perfectly acceptable. If you don't belong with the big dogs, I'm glad you found that out. So there's space for other other people who do really want it. But yeah, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. Such a talented player. Such a joy to watch. That 2014 World Cup. I, I will say this. I don't know. We I, I Hopefully, I still have many more World Cups to witness. But I feel like 2014 was my favorite World Cup. And a big reason as to why it was my favorite is because James Rodriguez was so much fun to watch throughout the entire tournament. He was a leader. He was a joy he was he he was like the sunshine for that colombian team a colombian team we must not forget that was very hurt mentally because Radamel Falcao was was injured he tore his ACL and he wasn't and, and he didn't play the world cup he was the captain he was the captain the goal scorer the leader the star and then James Rodriguez showed up but really quick now that we're talking about the Colombian national team, to me, what showed me that James Rodriguez just wasn't it anymore and what was incredibly alarming was that the Colombian national team bailed on him. As soon as they bailed on him, I'm like, oh, shit. It's over for him because the Colombian team, they coddled him. They protected him. They were probably in on these phantom injuries. They they were they were probably telling him, hey, say that you're hurt and that th- that this is the injury and that we're going to treat you over here because think about it. A lot of times, especially in that qualifying process to Russia 2018, James Rodriguez would be hurt with Real Madrid and then he was perfect, perfectly fine whenever he had to play Paraguay or Bolivia or, or Peru. He, would, he was fine. And it's not a coincidence. He was being coddled by the national team. And then this summer, they gave him the boot. They didn't call him up. That was incredibly alarming to me. And we did make an argument in the summer. We said, hey, maybe they need him. Maybe maybe this is, this is something that they're going to regret. I mean, they, they kind of didn't. I think they're okay. I think they're fine, and now James Rodriguez showed his true colors again. And I think he 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 put a he he put an end to any argument. He showed who he really is and what he really thinks. A few weeks ago, when he when he moved to to Qatar, Saudi Arabia, wherever he is, point is he's not playing in he's not playing elite football anymore. Yeah, it's it's another reality check for him, and. I was about to say, I hope he gets it. I think he did. <laughs> Judging from that picture, I think yeah. he, I think he realized, oh shit, I'm, I'm far away from Kansas. We are not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, James Rodriguez, what what could have been? What could have been? <laughs> that that's the last thing that we can really say about James Rodriguez. All right, ladies and gents, one short break. Uh, the last one for the show. When we return, we're going to talk. Are you okay there, Chris? You good? Sorry. Yeah, that last Kansas line was really bad. It, it got me bad. 
<laughs> took my breath away. Oh my goodness. All right, Chris. Well, well, for that, we're going to take a short break. When we return, we're going to talk about our favorite kits of all time. We would love for you guys to chime in on this one and let us know what your favorite kit of all time is. But that'll be when we return. We'll be right back. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's finish this show off with a bang. Chris, what's your favorite kit of all time? Your favorite I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. This is going like down to the wire. Like, I know we spoke about this beforehand and I said a jersey to you and I'm, it's been like a back and forth debate in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a few that stand out, but I think I, I you know what? I think I am going to go with that big. Okay. Um, 2007 Real Madrid, the white and purple. Um, it's a, it's a, um, it's by, made by Adidas. It's a beautiful kit. Um, the Adidas logo is right down the center, and then you got the purple mm-hmm. highlights coming down the, the sides. Um, I think they're going to bring it back next year. It's it's a really really uh, aesthetically pleasing jersey. Uh, the the white and the purple really bounce off perfect. Um, I remember I thought I remembered R nine wearing it, but for sure it was just his mini me Roberto Carlos because. <laughs> Uh, that jersey really, I don't know why, I just remember the white and purple on on Ronaldo, but we looked it up and it's definitely that he left the year before. But yeah, it's a really beautiful kid. It reminds me, it actually reminds me more of like Beckham and Raul as well. Because it was, it was during that, that the, the, the latter part of that, those, that Galactico era. But yeah, it just it just really nostalgic for me. It reminds me of when I when I started getting into football, like really taking it seriously, and uh, calls me back to all those players from when I was a kid that just seemed really larger than life, like Roberto Carlos and 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 Raul. Guys, that if they were to play in today, would just be absolute tops. So the other the other one that that came close. This is this is uh, a little tough because it's not a Chelsea jersey. It's also R nine. As you can tell, I'm a big uh, Ronaldo fan. But the the Inter Milan jersey from from his season there, yeah, with the Pirelli in the front, it's like yeah, so the one that they classy. made a remake for this season, yeah. like two uh, last season, right? Yeah, it's so 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 nice, and it just reminds me of like. I guess, like, the good old days of, like... Because now Inter Milan doesn't even have Pirelli as their sponsor, which doesn't feel right. Yeah, and, it's and, weird. And I feel like that was, like... I know they won the treble with Mourinho. And, they're, they're, I mean, I love Inter Milan. They're not, they're not Chelsea. They're not my favorite club. But I really have a soft spot for all those big clubs and, and all these countries because uh, I guess, like, the, the, the romance of it gets to me. But that's... That's the Inter Milan. Like when I think about Inter Milan, I think about Ronaldo in that jersey, deadly as fuck. Nobody wants to play them. <laughs> you go to the San Siro and they're just packed to the girls. There's a big Ronaldo monument. Like it's just like a nightmare to play against with these really stingy Italian defenders. You got Zanetti there as well. Like it's just really tough, tough football team that. Nobody would want to play against that had quality all over the pitch. 
So that's a really close second. I've, I always wanted that jersey. Never got it. Um, yeah. Maybe one day I'll get it. It's on my bucket list. I hope to get it one day. But those are the two that called to me. And it's obvious it's the nostalgia because while they're beautiful jerseys, all I can think about is who's wearing them when I think yeah. about the jerseys. Yeah, dude, of course. I mean, R9. Is, is he one of your favorite players of all time? He's one of mine yeah, for no, sure. He was my first favorite player ever. He, Yeah, he was my he was the first player that really, like, I guess he had, like, the, the Jordan effect where, like, you saw, like, stars in your eyes. Like, holy shit, who's that? Like, he was, <laughs> yeah. he was sick. Like, uh, the first, the, uh, uh, this isn't what we're, what, the question was, but the first soccer game I ever saw was 1998, France against Brazil. So, and, and then I saw the 2002 World Cup uh, when when they won against Germany. Yeah. So, Ronaldo's always just been this superhero to me. I It's tough to pick, because obviously, I think Didier Drogba is my favorite player of all time. Mm-hmm. But Ronaldo's probably like, and that's it's probably because of my Chelsea bias. Like Ronaldo's probably, if you take all the biases away, probably my favorite player of all time. He was he was gotcha. like the combination of the on field with the off the field, with just being this menace. Like nobody wants to go against the, this technically brilliant, fast, nasty footballer. Like holy shit, just just yeah. a complete package. Yeah. Oh, th- you can't even compare anyone from nowadays to to Ronaldo, right? There's there's only I was just talking about. There's only one that gets close, and I'm not saying that he's he's a, a like for like. He's not. There's there's different parts to their game. This but is the only one that that comes close when I see him play. I think, yeah, that's how I felt when I saw Ronaldo up top. It's early Holland. Okay, I knew you were gonna say that. I don't know why. Yeah, it's 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 the power, the speed, the you you he gets the ball at his feet, and you just know like somehow magic's about to happen, and that ball's gonna end up at the back of the net. Like it's just automatic, like where this guy just has it, and it's not a spur of the moment where it's ten matches or fifteen matches. Always, a, yeah, a run for his career. So. I, I, the, if one of the only player that comes to mind now is Erling Haaland, but Ronaldo's definitely up there for me, and it's a big reason why I love football. Nice. Um, Ronaldinho was was a little later, and then that's what really made me say, "Okay, this sport's really cool. Like, it's not just fun. It's not just the, the, these superheroes. This sport has some swagger to it. It has some sauce." So Ronaldinho is the one, I guess, who, who developed the next stage of, of my love for this game. But Ronaldo is the one who birthed it <laughs> in a weird way. So, yeah. Um, and and funny I, enough, I mean, it's not a coincidence that the jerseys that you picked have so much to do with him. That, that Those are jerseys that, that you just identify Ronaldo with. And it's it's not a coincidence. It doesn't sound like one. Yeah, yeah. I'm a alert. I'm a I'm an I'm an R nine fanboy, guys. Now you guys know. <laughs> As you should be. I'm gonna show you something after after we finish recording. I think you're gonna like. It's related to to Ronaldo. I think you will really Sick. like it. Um, 
my favorite jersey of all time, or one of my favorite jerseys of all time, is the Argentina 1978 World Cup. It's like super, super niche, super like I'm sure someone someone's out there calling me a geek somewhere. But yes, I am a geek. I just love it because it has the old Adidas logo. I love it because it's like a rugby shirt more than the <laughs> the, the the modern soccer jersey. I love those. I also love the 1986 World uh, Argentina World Cup. I it's so mythical. It's so mythical. I I I absolutely love it. I I love it to bits. It's one of the most beautiful kits ever created. It's it's so so beautiful. Um but the Brazil 2006 World Cup jersey, also a very very nice one. It's a nice little green collar. Very cool. Um I I know the Netherlands had a really a really nice I don't know why I'm picking all national teams. I think it was 88 that's like widely known as like the the, the most beautiful jersey that one, of all time. That one's nice, but I didn't. I don't like it that much. Same. I think it's cool, I, but yeah, the most like I wouldn't wear it of all time as a stretch. Yeah, I like I I wouldn't wear it. I don't I don't know if if I would. Wait, I think we might be thinking of different jerseys. Hold I'm on. I'm talking about the 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 like the orange with the prisms, and then you got the black, the black. Uh, oh logo. yeah, I was thinking about a different one. I would definitely wear this every day of my life if I could. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is beautiful. I it has the same logo that I was talking about yeah, with the Argentina jersey. It okay? Yeah, I don't know if it's the most beautiful jersey of all time, but it's lovely. It's a banger. It's yeah, it's a banger. <laughs> it's it, it's beautiful. I love the remakes. I I absolutely love it. But I was thinking more of like. The Netherlands kit from like the I think it was the 2010 World Cup that it was just super super simple. It was very simple. They went to the final and they lost it, but that was a very nice and simple clean kit. I really liked it. I I really really did. And even if now we're if if we're gonna talk about like modern jerseys, obviously this one, this Ajax jersey that I got for my birthday last year, beautiful. The one, the, the Ajax jersey for for this season, the home one with just the numbers, no names. Are you kidding me? That it doesn't get any more old school than that. I love it. Um, but yeah, th- there are some kits from Liga MX that are also just so beautiful, but the they Club put so many. Go on. What were you gonna say? The Club America ones are just dazzling. Yeah. They're, They're gorgeous. They're very nice. Even the one for this season and kind of leads to the point that I was going to make. They put so many sponsors on it. I'm just yeah. like, man, can you guys take like five of those off? Leave one. It'll be beautiful. I think that's why yeah. I picked only national teams because I hate the amount of sponsors that they put. Like, this is fine. Though Your Chelsea jersey, that's fine. But now, like, they're starting to put some on the sleeve and they're starting to soon they're going to have a second little sponsor. I can't with that shit. I don't like it. Get it away from me. I don't I don't want it. That's why I really like NFL jerseys, basketball jerseys, because they have like a very like nowadays in the NBA, they have like a really, really small and subtle sponsor. Mm -hmm. And 
I mean, you can't put anything on the sleeve because it's it, it's 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 a sleeveless shirt. It's a sleeveless jersey. So, yeah. All right, man. Well, this was a lot of fun. And I'm and the, again, I'm gonna show you some. It's a Ronaldo jersey. I've I've worn it somewhere, but uh, but sick. yeah, it, yeah, it's another one. There's I'm gonna show you too. But yeah, that'll wrap it up for this week. Uh, international break, as you can tell, news a bit slow because we're talking about jerseys. <laughs> well, listen, we have fun doing this, Chris. Thank you so much once again. Happy birthday! Enjoy it with your family. We appreciate you here. We appreciate what you do, and we wish you. A lot of health, a lot of wealth, a lot of love, and even and, and more health because you can't ever have enough. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. No, thank you for having me. It's it's been a pleasure um, coming on these shows, and it's been a pleasure uh, doing this one with you. I really, it's 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 a great birthday present. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, man. And uh, that's it from us for this week. Enjoy the rest of the international break if you care to. If you don't patiently wait for the games coming up in the premier league and la liga bundesliga we'll be back for that next week thank you all so much take care and goodbye